No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you were tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. You can join us here every single day of the week except on Thursdays. That is podcast-free Thursdays. And every other Friday, we have our good friend Donna Brandenburg, who is fighting for you and America. Let's get started. <laughs> oh, man, it's going oh, to suck to be you deep staters when this is all said and done. You guys really have no idea what's coming for you. <laughs> Watch out, the American people are coming for you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit at my side because they are the host and, well, quite frankly, they are in charge. They're in the captain's chair and therefore they are steering this ship through these crazy, chaotic waters that we call life. Welcome. Glad to have you all here on this wonderful Wednesday. 2022 this december 14th 2022 i mean look at me i'm already getting ahead of myself trying to you know put out the year before the actual date i tell you what ladies and gentlemen this is a very exciting day for me because i think i have connected most of the dots of what's going on i didn't want to hype it up in the title for the live Because quite frankly, I didn't know what the heck to call it. Didn't know how to title it. But before we get into that topic of discussion, we are going to be doing a reading on this episode 398 of the book of Isaiah, chapter 31. It's a fairly short chapter, only about mm, eight, no, nine verses. Very short chapter, which I'll be reading out of the New American Standard Bible. And then we're going to get into some pretty cool topics. And when I say pretty cool topics, I'm not talking conspiracy theory topics. I'm not talking things that might happen. I'm talking about some solid things that I, like I said, things and events that have already happened for one. And then if you're a, if you 
are one that has your eyes open and your ears open. It's pretty easy to see yourself, but there's definitely some things going on. And I, like I said, I, I, I've been connecting dots. And what's interesting too is not only have I been connecting dots and kind of gotten some of these dots that I have kind of put together in my head, kind of verified without being verified, if that makes sense. Because, you know, I listen, here's the thing. I pay attention to people and words and conversations. You know, what's interesting. I suck at remembering names, which is why I got out of sales. But when it comes to conversations and remembering what somebody said three years ago, I don't know why I can remember that. For the most part, which is amazing because I have a fuzzy memory with everything else. But for some reason, I have this weird, uncanny ability to remember conversations and, and not every conversation. Like, you, you know, you could tell me something and like, you know, something about your sister, right? And some weird skill she has. I'll forget that, you know, more than likely. But if it's something that really stands out, something that's relevant, I'll remember. It's it's crazy. Um. Anyway, I don't want to tease you guys too much, so we'll just hold off on that because, again, I'm not trying to hype this up, but I am super excited, and I've had chills all day long. <laughs> I've had chills all day long. All right, well, let's just get right into the reading first, all right, because I don't even know where to go with all this because I literally, as I was getting all this information and connecting these dots and I'm listening, I'm reading, I'm doing more listening and more listening, and I've been, you know, reflecting in quiet time conversations and things that occurred. I'm literally not operating on notes. I've never operated on notes. So literally I'm on the fly. You know what, who my note taker is, you know what my notepad is. It's God, because I, I have this little pocket with this little white pocket cross. Some p- people at the state assembly saw me hold it, saw it right in front of me. I always carry this little pocket cross everywhere with me for the most part. That is my notepad. I take in this information. I pray to God. I ask him, what do you want me to talk about? And then he just says, I'll let you know. And then it just comes out. I'm literally not operating on it under any notes. The only thing I have pulled up in front of me is a docket that I'm going to be referring to and read reading, which is a very interesting and important court docket. Um, but let's get into the, let's get into the Bible. Let's get into Isaiah here again, Isaiah chapter 31. And again, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. And again, nine verses. And it starts with, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise and will bring disaster and does not retract his words, but will arise against the house of evildoers and against the help of the workers of injustice. Now the Egyptians are human and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. So the Lord will stretch out his hand and any helper will stumble and one who is helped will fall and all of them will come to an end together. Now for this is what the Lord says to me. As the lion or the young lion growls over his prey, against which a band of shepherds is called out, and he will not be terrified at their voice, nor nor disturbed at their noise. So will the Lord of armies come down to wage war on Mount Zion and on its hill. Like flying birds, so the Lord of armies will protect Jerusalem. He will protect and save it. He will pass over and rescue it. Return to him against whom you have been profoundly obstinate, you sons of Israel. 
For on that day, every person will reject his silver idols and his gold idols, which your hands have made for you as a sin. And the Assyrian will fall by a sword not wielded by a man, and a sword not of man will devour him. So he will not escape the sword, and his young men will become forced laborers. His rock will pass away because of panic, and his officers will be terrified by the flag, declares the Lord, whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. And that is the whole reading of Isaiah chapter 31, verses 1 through 9. Now, um, boy, I thought I already had this pulled up. Hold on, I'm sorry, folks. I tell you, I thought I was completely, uh, I'm not 100% prepared because literally this was kind of another late day. I literally just got in a studio about 20 minutes ago. I had to upload a whole ton of meat, well, not a whole ton, but like a ton of audio files and I had to convert them from video to audio and then upload them in the pod bean. So I literally, the minute I walked to the door, gave my family a kiss. Hello, hello. Gave him some crazy good news that I'm about to share with you guys. And I was like, okay, got to go to the studio. Bye-bye. All right. So, um, hold on a second here. Okay. So, uh, what I'm going to go over here is basically, I'm just going to go over this verse by verse. All right. Now, as we look at verse one, now, just because something looks strong, doesn't mean that person is strong. Okay. One should not judge strength by outward appearance. Now, in, in contrast to physical strength, God has wisdom and the authority to perform his words. And in case you missed that, let me repeat that because I think it's very important. God has the wisdom and the authority to perform to perform his words. He will also fight against evil and those who approve of evil. All right. This is very interesting because it almost falls in line with kind of what, like I said, what I found out and what's going on today. Now, as we look at verse three, now the strength of man is nothing compared to the strength of God. We all know that at least a wise person, a wise man and woman should know that. And one should not look for what one sees, but for, you know, but for the invisible hand of God, that is more powerful than anything here on earth that can be physically seen. Now, God has no reason to be afraid of men. I mean, there's, like, why would you be afraid, especially when you're all-powerful, all-knowing, all-everything, and you created man? I mean, there's no reason, therefore, for God to be afraid of men. But even if a whole army is, you know, comes against God, I mean, he's, let's face facts, he's undeterred. And so God will not be humbled by anyone. He doesn't need to be humbled. And the Jews have revolted against God all the way from Moses to today. I mean, we see clear evidence of that today with all the Satanism and the demonism and the, you know, the praise and worship of Baphomet and Baal and witchcraft that we're seeing. I mean, I cannot tell you how many people have embraced the idea of witchcraftery and, and, and think that this is a cool trend. I'm talking a lot of stay at home, neighborhood moms in both, you know, this neighborhood and, you know, the neighborhood next door that my wife happens to know a couple people, not friends with them, thankfully, not anymore. But you'd be surprised how many people are involved in this whole witchcraft stuff. It's insane. And hold on, I was looking at the chat here. Got a safety meeting in 10 minutes. <laughs> you don't need a safety meeting, Destry. <laughs> Who needs a safety meeting? Safety's for losers. <laughs> we have a safety meeting, I swear, about once a month where I'm at. 
<laughs> okay. Um, uh, Rita, the show hasn't been on very long. I just got through the reading. So you, you came in at a good time. <laughs> okay. So continuing on, cause there is a lot. All right. So, but back to what I was saying, you know, I, I, it, it amazes me just how many women and how many people embrace this witchcraft, which to, in my opinion is the same as Satanism. It's all evil crap. And, and yet most people today, they, they fail, even people that aren't worshiping like Baal and Satan and, and Baphomet and, you know, practicing witchery and Wicca and whatever other dark magic crap is out there. Even just general people who aren't into that, it seems like most people don't really obey God's law. They fail to obey God's law. And then, you know, wanting to return to Egypt, worshiping idols, and then finally having the Son of God crucified by the Romans. But yet, you know, for all this, God will still demand them. And we got to remember that salvation is not dependent upon man, but upon the actions and choices of God. He, he extends his grace to man by calling for people to turn to him. And since the Jews have rejected him, he... he he turns his attention to all other peoples and preach to the Jews, then to all the earth. Now, as we kind of like look at verse seven, eight, and nine, during that day, God showed himself by fighting for the Jews at that time. And, and it will, it was, you know, it was clear that all false gods are the inventions of humans and are unable to help anyone. And so Assyria will be defeated not by valiant men or by cruelty, but by discomfort. And so when men, when, or excuse me, when, when, when fights against his enemies, you know, arise, they are forced to recognize the divine authority that he has come from Mount Zion. And, com and, and we can see that compared with uh, chapter 30, verse 33. And so, I mean, overall, you know, in this chapter, I mean, God basically says that he will be, you know, he will not be abased even though man shout together against him. In other words, he will not be humbled by the threats of men. I mean, because we're already talking about a humbled God. And so it, it's, it's amazing that the God who is so high above, who is so much more powerful and wiser than men, who cannot be humbled by any man, would choose to humble himself on the cross. Now think about that for a second. I was just having this conversation with Donna yesterday. Because, you know, as you kind of, as I witness and observe the ugliness of mankind, and especially when it comes to the love of money, oh my God. And I'm not trying to say that in a bad way or in a blaspheming way. I mean, literally, oh my God. It just, it, it really is astounding, but sad at the same time. What evil atrocities men and women will do just for a good hefty price tag. I've known people in my own personal life on a much smaller scale, not even on the elite scale, that have embezzled hundreds of thousands of dollars that when they got found out, a certain individual that used to do my taxes here in Sturgis, Michigan, by the name of Andy Brown, I put that out there because he's already in jail. But he blasted the owner of the firm that he worked for because the owner found out what he did. Not only that, but he screwed over a lot of people such as myself out of the you know expensive fees that you know, were, that he was charging and pocketing for himself through his own software on his own computer rather than the money going directly to the firm. Yeah, blasted the owner right in the head. I mean, sad, so sad. And then, like I said, I had a stepfather who, 
I'm not going to get into the, uh, the, the details, but very, very severe, heavy money issues ended up factoring a severe amount of money in the millions, you know, in the million mark. Okay. We'll just say that. And just one thing, one, one decision that seemed to be a poor decision led to another poor decision. And next, thing you know, it, he's fallen behind so far behind that he felt like there's no other way out, but to hang himself. And of course led me to, you know, find him hanging from a rope in the house that we were not only living in, but working out of too. Cause I was working for him at that time. It's amazing what money does to people or the lack of the pursuit, lack of, and when people actually have large sums of money. I mean, Donnie, yesterday when we were having, we had a long conversation about this and I'm not going to get into the details of that because that was a private conversation, but I will say this, one of her main comments, which I adore about that, about this woman, she's like, I absolutely hate money. I hate it. I mean, Donna and her husband, I'm going to keep her husband's name silent because I don't know if he wants that out there, but you know, they've, they've had a lot stolen from them by very trusted people. I mean, think about it. They got a lot of businesses. They've had a lot of money stolen from them and embezzled. Not to mention companies that they've worked with that contracted their services have tried to screw them over and bankrupt them. Donna, unfortunately, did not take in a lot of donations this past election cycle. And she did front a lot of her money. I'm kind of making a point here. She fronted her and Joe both, oh, excuse me, but they both fronted up a lot of money, a lot of money. They barely, they didn't get nearly enough donations. Not only did they not get enough donations, but they didn't have really enough support by those that said they would support them. It's crazy. It really is crazy. So, so, so back to kind of just, you know, how God came to earth in the form of man and humbled himself on the cross. Like I was saying to Donnie yesterday, I said, I often look up to the sky and I, I've had this conversation with my wife, Katie. I said, I look up to the sky all the time. I said, God, Jesus, <laughs> I don't know how you were able to get on the cross and die for mankind with the ugliness of, and the sin, like the ugliness that they commit. Why would you die for humanity? I mean, but then again, that's God, uh, that's God for you. That's Jesus. That's that true agape love that no man will ever be able to fully comprehend. Not even me. I don't think even your most saintly human being on earth would be able to comprehend that kind of love. That's where I was getting at with all that, with, with the whole money hoopla. Man gets so ugly and does so many monstrous things because of the love of money, because that's the God that most serve, most human beings serve is money, mana, right? But yet God came down, humbled himself, not because of man, but because of the love he had for man. Jesus had 10,000 legions of angels at his command, yet he chose to suffer humiliation and shame. And we saw that from Matthew 26, verse 53. And so when the soldiers came to arrest him in the garden of uh, Gethsemane, a single word from him knocked them all to the ground. No one took Jesus's life. He gave it. I tell you what, that's a, that's a, that's a great God. I don't know about you guys. That's a great God to me. This is just an outstanding God. Okay. That's why we have to be thankful on a daily basis for what Christ and God, you know, what, what Jesus Christ did for us. 
we always have to humble ourselves and be thankful and show daily gratitude for what he has done for us, for the sins of this world. He died and washed the sins of the world away with his blood. That's that's huge. <clears throat> and it's very important that we always give gratitude on a daily basis. That's why I always encourage people, buy a journal, a gratitude journal, write in it daily. I write in mine every day, and I know I've said this before, but this is the first two, three lines that, that come out every time without fail, like a skipping record. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you for another day of life and good health, not just for myself, but for my wife and my daughter. Thank you for our marriage. Thank you for our home, the gift of hard work. Thank you for putting air in my lungs to allow me to live another day. We have to be grateful to God every single day for even those simple things. Okay, let's move on now. So we're going to end this little segment of the 1% with him, and we're going to move into a more interesting discussion. So bear with us. We'll be right back. I tell you what, I'm kind of digging doing this uh, this two-segment thing rather than doing two separate shows because then I don't have to deal with the constant chaos and the, the troubles with Podbean not giving me the audio that I need. I can just go slip in from one show right into the next, right? Because it's like it, it never fails. Whenever I have like a big thing I want to discuss or a show that I want to do, it's like they almost realize that I'm about to kind of maybe expose something they don't want. And then I end up getting a whole bunch of technical issues and then my, my music ends up not working or... Uh, I can't get my audio to work. And next thing you know, I'm like a half hour deep into this, trying to get the dang platform to work. It's ridiculous. So I kind of like this. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe uh, shoot me messages or emails, you know, tell me what you think. I mean, I, I kind of like the the one show to, you know, segment thing here because then we can get the 1% with him and then get into a solid discussion. So, okay. Now, <clears throat> First things first, I was kind of out of curiosity after I did all my dot connecting today. Um, I was just kind of curious to see kind of what was in the main headlines. And I usually go to either revolver.com or the Gateway Pundit. Uh, so I'm just kind of scrolling through the uh, Gateway Pundit real quick. Um, not really a whole lot of crazy stuff. Uh, the number one top, uh, what is it, uh, headline here? I mean, it says must read false flag fed surrection in Brazil. Several imposters identified after they were caught on camera conducting acts of terror dressed as Bolsonaro supporters. Hmm, kind of almost sounds familiar to me. Almost kind of sounds like, you know, uh, Antifa dressing up, you know, as uh, MAGA supporters uh, on J6 and, you know, the FBI trying to do all that crazy, stupid nonsense that they were trying to do. Uh, another headline I'm seeing right here says breaking President Trump shares that he will be making a major announcement tomorrow. All capital letters. We'll see what that announcement is. Last time a major announcement happened, um, it disappointed so many people. But to those that had the ears to hear, there was actually a lot of cryptic messages in it. So it should be very interesting to see what Mr. Trump's going to have to say tomorrow. Um, what else is here? Let's scrolling. We're scrolling. Oh, that's nice. Justin, Federal Reserve raises interest rates another 50 basis points to fight Bidenflation. 
I got news for you. They're going to keep raising up these basis points. And in fact, which is kind of interesting yesterday because I follow silver. And like I tell you people before silver becomes unobtainium, you might want to buy some silver before it goes up, 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 up. And before you can even get a hold of it, uh, silver popped up seven, like a little over 7% yesterday. Amazing. And it's going to keep popping up. All right. So just stay tuned with that. But it, even if you only get a few ounces, get it, get it. Don't, don't wait. Even if it's one ounce, buy an ounce of silver, get it. Okay. Junk silver, whatever, get it. Rita was just saying it's back ordered out here in California, six to eight weeks. I buy as I can. Good for you, Rita. You're not going to be disappointed and you're not going to, you are setting yourself up properly. Good job. Kudos to you. Hat tip to you. That's amazing. It's, you're going to serve yourself well. I promise you. Um, so there's that. All right. The Fed, listen, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, the dollar's crashing. I don't know if you realize this, but the federal government is dissolved and bankrupt. Okay. It's going bye-bye. The dollar's crashing. Why do you think the Federal Reserve keeps raising all this interest up 50 basis points, 75 basis points? Uh, it's There's a reason for that. All right, let's scroll down a little bit further here because we got a lot to cover. Um, let's see, Twitter co-founder and former CEO Jack Dorsey responds to Twitter leaks. Yeah, there's that. I'm not going to cover a whole lot of the Twitter files. That's uh, It's good to wake up normies and, and people that are asleep, but I, I'm not going to cover it here. It's just not worth it. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys have already dug into that anyway, so I'm not going to just, I'm just not going to cover that. Um, we're going to continue down, 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 down. There was something else I thought I saw. Um, oh yeah, this is interesting for a little entertainment purposes. Sam Bankman freed taken to rat infested jail after begging judge <laughs> to grant bail because he's a depressed vegan. Oh, Poor Sam Bankman-Fried. He's a depressed vegan. That's so sad for him. You know what? Maybe you shouldn't have embezzled, you know, $50 billion or whatever it was and uh, and lost it for people. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. Okay. Yeah. Sucks to be you, buddy boy. I still think that's a big ruse. I don't know. We'll see what comes about that. But anyway, all right. That's enough about the Gateway Pundit. Again, a lot of this crap is just pretty much stories and to some degree, uh, distractions with what's really going on. So what is really going on? What is really going on? Well, let me play a video. Okay. I'm going to play a, a, an audio piece. I should say it was a video on TikTok. It so far it has about 37.2 thousand views on it. Okay. And I'm not a very popular person on uh, TikTok. I only have like, I don't know. I mean, I've, I say only, I mean, it's a lot more than I have here, but, um, I think on my TikTok channel, all of a sudden it started growing exponentially. I'm like 3,100 followers, I guess, on that TikTok uh, channel. But I have one video when I was discovered and when I was uh, explaining the 2000-25 war manual and General Douglas MacArthur and the Restore America plan. Um, it's about two minute and 50 second video. I was explaining this video, um, what was going on. And yeah, it garnered, like I said, a little over 37,000 views. Now, the very first video I, I posted, which was talking about the election and military oversight and how it plays in with the assembly, so on and so forth. Within 10 hours, it garnered like almost 16,000 views before TikTok decided to shut it down and delete it. I was like, really? So let me play this real quick because it's going to lead into what else I'm going to talk about. So we'll give this a quick listen. 
Back in the 50s, there was this guy by the name of General Douglas MacArthur. He studied this war, this, this uh, field training manual called Field Training Manual 2000-25. Look it up. If you want to find it, you can find it on national-assembly.net. That's national-assembly.net. Again, go find it. 2000-25. It's a field training manual that was released by the War Department back in 1928. Okay. General Douglas MacArthur handpicked the brightest special forces operators and trained them on this field training manual. Now, what is this manual? This manual shows how to restore a nation from a democracy to a republic. From a democracy to a republic. Now, FDR wanted this training manual destroyed. Why? Because he wanted a democracy. He wanted a takeover of this nation. They wanted to take this nation down from within. Now, remember, like I said in the first video that I made that got 15,000 views before TikTok decided to take it down because supposedly it was not authenticated, let me give you a little bit more history. General Douglas MacArthur initiated a plan called the Restore America Plan, also known as Operation Blue Book. Not the blue book that's affiliated with aliens, by the way. The true Operation Blue Book. The one to restore America. The Restore America Plan. Now, I'm just going to tell you, this plan has been long-standing and has been going in operation since the 50s. Why do you think JFK was assassinated? Why do you think there was an attempt on Ronald Reagan? Why do you think the Twin Towers went down? You thought that was a bunch of, you know, Middle Easterners on an airplane? Give me a break. Why do you think all these events took place? There's been multiple attempts to stop the National Assembly from assembling their 38-plus states. I'm part of the Michigan General General Assembly. Now, those boys that General Douglas MacArthur trained came to Michigan and started what's called the Michigan General General the Michigan General General Assembly. Okay? This is the only way that we are going to restore a republic is through the assembly. So as far as voting tonight, go out and vote. But I'm going to tell you right now, there is military oversight that's going to be happening. 14 states has National Guard security, cybersecurity teams activated. And people are wondering, well I wonder who activated that? I'll give you a hint who activated the National Guard. The people that are in charge in, in the National Assembly, in the Michigan General General Assembly. We put out 21 requisition orders to the military, and part of those orders in them 21 requisitions is to basically have oversight over an election when it goes awry. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, did you hear that? Where the military will have oversight over an election when things go awry. Yeah, but Jason, we already had the election. Yeah, I know. Guess what? We still haven't fixed 2020. Remember that. That's number one. And number two, there's a lot still happening in the background. Now, let's kind of connect some pieces. I'm going to do my best to try to connect some of this. I'm going to do my best. And it actually has something to do with Lizanella, who posted on, uh, I just saw it pop up in my Telegram. She posted a link. She said, get your, hold on a sec. She says, um, da, 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 get your Supreme Court letters written for the Brunson case. Now, it's funny she says that because that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about. So Brunson, okay, we're talking about Rowland J. Brunson, who's the petitioner, v. Alma S. Adams, and others, okay, as the respondents. Now, before I get into this, I want to read something that's off of Donna Brandenburg's page here on Telegram. Now, she posted this video, which is an interview from uh, Rollin Brunson um, on this show called, I think it's like LNW or L 
LWN or something like that. But anyway, it was a Q&A session with Lloyd, uh, excuse me, with Lloyd Brunson. Okay. With Lloyd Brunson was on this Q&A. And Donna ended up posting saying, this is huge. The plaintiff in the Brunson v. Adams case, Lloyd does a great job breaking down the strategy and lawful process of their lawsuit. This is exactly the process of how the power of we the people will restore this nation. The goal of this case is to remove 388 public functionaries. That means people in Congress and the Senate being heard by the Supreme Court. It was characterized as a national emergency, and it is also considered nonpartisan. Now, this is very, very interesting, folks. This is very interesting. Okay. Why is this particular case very interesting? I'll tell you why. Because what this is going to eventually do is going to make a whole lot of offices that are seemingly right now appearing like they're being that they're already filled but it's going to end up basically being a reveal to the to the public that hey we have all this going on and these people in congress which basically allowed the 2020 election fraud to occur without having a 10-day investigation um these people are now because they broke their oath of office they are they're gone we had to fill these seats so I have a few sound bites we're going to discuss or that I'm going to play, but, and this might, this might be a little bit of a long winded show. So I'm just, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to forewarn you guys for, for, for a minute here. Okay. But it's not gonna be too long winded because I do have a County assembly meeting that's rescheduled, you know, from Sunday to today. So I got to make sure I, you know, make that too. But this is very, very important. Um, so Rollin J. Brunson v. Adams. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm scrolling through this. It's only 18 pages. Now, the docket, you can find it on the uh, Supreme, you know, court.gov or whatever the heck it is, that website, but it's under the Supreme Court um, website. And it's docket number 22 380. Okay. This is beautiful. <laughs> oh, man, this is beautiful. Now, before I get into this, let me read something else first. Okay. Because again, I'm trying to make sense of this. Okay. With the Michigan de jure, with the Michigan General General Assembly, okay, if you look on michigandejure.org, you can look up a, uh, a, a, a uh, it's, it's under the state settlement. It's called Michigan Timeline 2000 or 2018. Now, let me just read this because this is what I read on the first video on TikTok that garnered 15, 16,000 views in 10 hours before a freaking TikTok decided to take it down because I guess it was too much truth for them. So again, the month of July, 2011, we being the people in assembly sent the letter to the JAG or the judge advocate general showing that we are under original jurisdiction to remove us from Lieber code of 1863, which is spe uh, specifically uh, general order 100 that was put out by Abraham Lincoln, and that their silence is acquiescence. Well, guess what? We got no rebuttal. That was July of 2011. Now we get into October of 2011. Okay. October of 2011, we sent out a declaration of separation and clarification letter to the Republic of the United for the, excuse me, to, to a letter to Republic for the United States of America equals RUSA equals James Timothy Turner. Again, no rebuttal. Now, the purpose was for Michigan, which is a free and independent state, equals Michigan General General Assembly to basically no longer um, be a member of the RUSA organization. 
Now, in January of 2012, we sent the package to The Hague. Again, also no rebuttal. Now, we get into April of 2012. We published a international worldwide notice in the Wall Street Journal to Europe, Asia, the U.S., letting the world know that, hey, the Michigan General General Assembly is not only assembling the state, but we are assembling and settling our country. Okay? There is no rebuttal. Now, we sent a letter of rogatory to the Judge Advocate General, the JAG, the Michigan Governor, the Secretary of State, the Attorney General, the State Police, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, a.k.a. the FBI, the U.S. Marshal Service, again, all with no rebuttal. Now we get into June of 2012. We sent a letter to all 83 Michigan County offices of sheriff, no rebuttal. All communications were sent via certified mail with return receipt. The process server receipt for noticing the Michigan provost marshal and the commander of the Michigan state police. Now from the months of July through October of 2012, we read into de facto County board of commissioners meeting minutes, the settled County settlement documents. Again, no rebuttal. Now listen up. This is very important. Now we get into October of 2012. Okay. Now we reseated. Now keep in mind, I just want to let you know that this Supreme court docket that I'm going to reference and read a little bit of out of, According to this, it was, let's see, Supreme Court U.S. filed October 20th, 2022. This is from the Office of the Clerk. Now, October 21st of 2012, okay, just about 10 years ago, we reseated our Federal House of Representatives and Senate from 1861 when, when Congress at that point, at that time, basically left their congressional session signy die and they didn't you know re, you know set a date or a time or a location to readjourn because they never adjourned properly they didn't have enough of a quorum so we reseated our federal house of representatives in senate from 1861 this happened october 21 of 2012 that would be 10 years um excuse me yeah 10 years uh just this past october 21st Okay, so now it's been a little over 10 years now. Now, with succession, we established a de jure Republican form of government with an interim president of the United States of America. We, some of us, know who that is. Now, the purpose is, is that the federal level body has a purpose to orchestrate elections under the oversight of the military per the orders. Now, the purpose of this is to establish a federal superior government over the de facto which gives our military a civilian authority to provide directions. Purpose. Any action the military takes against the de facto are covered by the orders of the de jure uh, republication form of government and civilian authority. Now, another purpose. This cannot be considered a military coup. It will be considered a military upholding their oath to defend the Constitution and we the people from all enemies, both foreign and domestic. And we sent registered email, including a cover letter, new declaration of independence, orders to the United Nations, the Navy equals secretary of the Navy, the Council of Navy, the Joint Chiefs of the Pentagon, all on October 21st, 2012. So a little over 10 years ago. And guess what? No rebuttal. Hmm. 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 So I read all of that for a reason, folks. So what does this all have to do with the Bronson v. Adams case. Now, this was a court case that's taking place out in Utah. Either is taking place or already has taken place. That has yet to be discovered. However, we're going to get into that. So let me scroll down a little bit further here. 
Okay, so here's the question that was presented. Okay, here it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be very. It's gonna be a little bit of a speed read here, so excuse me, but I'm trying to again trying to be efficient here with this information. So the question presented on the docket, it's only 18 pages. A lot of it's kind of fluff, but it says right here, question presented, a serious conflict exists between decisions rendered from this court and lower appeal courts, along with constitutional provisions and statutes in deciding whether or not the trial court has jurisdiction to try the merits of this case. The case uncovers a serious national security breach that is unique and is of first impression. And due to the serious nature of this case, it involves the possible removal of a sitting president and vice president of the United States, along with members of the United States Congress, while deeming them unfit from ever holding office under federal, state, county, or local governments found within the United States of America. And at the same time, the trial court also has the authority to be validated by this court to authorize the swearing in of the legal and rightful heirs for president and vice president of the United States. In addition, there are two doctrines that conflict with each other found in this case affecting every court in the country. Now, pay attention, folks. I know you are because you guys are a very awesome crowd. Now, these doctrines are known as the doctrine of equitable maxim. Now, if you listen, by the way, to Kirk's Law Corner, he's based out of Idaho, very smart guy. I believe he's a former jarhead. He was a former Marine. God bless him and thank him for his service. I'd like to try to have him on the show because he knows military law. I'd like to have him on the show. Donna actually had a conversation with him the other day. She might actually have him on her show. So start uh, paying attention to her lineup um, too over there at BNN, Brandenburg News Network. Okay, so continuing on with the reading of this docket. These doctrines, like I said, are known as the doctrine of equitable maxim and the doctrine of the object principle of justice. Now, equitable maxim created by this court, which the lower court used to dismiss this case, sets in direct violation of the object principle of justice, also partially created by this court and supported by other appeal courts in constitutional provisions. These conflicts call for the supervisory power of this court to resolve these conflicts, which has not, but should be settled by this court without delay. Now, the Parties to the proceeding. Now, I'm not going to read all these names because there's, again, 388 respondents here. Obviously, the petitioner here is Rollin J. Brunson, and, and he is the individual representing himself and also is a plaintiff in the trial court. So, in other words, there is no bar card holding attorney or lawyer sucking blood out of this case. I'm going to repeat that. Rollin J. Bronson is individually representing himself, no lawyers, no attorneys, himself. Now, again, I'm not going to read the 388 respondents, but some of them would be people like uh, Karen Bass. Um, I'm just going through this big, huge list here. Um, Ed Case, there's Sean Caston. You got Excel, Excel, uh, um, AOC, I can't stand her. Jim Costa. You got Antonio Delgado. You got, uh, oh, we can't forget freaking our favorite, Nancy Pelosi. You got, uh, who else we got in here? I'm just kind of, Bill Heisinger. He's from Michigan. Sheila Jackson. All these people. We got, uh, I'm trying to find some bigger names here. Yeah, Nancy Mays, blah, 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 blah. 
Oh, John Moreland. Yeah, AOC, you know, obviously Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, um, all these people, right? All these people. I, I'm not I'm not going to go through everything because if I did, it, this is like three or four pages worth of names. Um, and then obviously you got Amy Klobuchar, another big name. People have been Rand Paul, right? Mitt Romney. Um, and then as we get down to the bottom of this list, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Jr. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> Rita says, sounds like you're saying cuss words. I know it does. It feels like it, too. I feel like I need to wash my mouth out with soap. Uh, but yeah, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., Michael Richard Pence, in his capacity of former vice president of the United States, and Kamala Harris in her capacity as vice president of the United States, and John and Jane Doe's, which is anywhere between one and a hundred different people. All right. Now there's a table of contents. I'm not going to read that because that's stupid. Um, let me go through here. All right. So jurisdiction, jurisdiction is found under 28 USCA subsection 1257. And it says final judgments rendered by the highest court of the state may be reviewed by the Supreme court by the writ of Servitor. I can't even say this word. Servitorari, Rory, whatever. When any right or privilege is specially set up or claimed under the statutes of the United States. All right. So basically it just goes over Supreme court. So a lot of this 18 page docket goes over the Supreme court rule provisions. So I'll read a few of these. So obviously like amendment one of the constitution of the United States, where it says Congress shall make no law representing an establishment of religion or prohibiting the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition their government for a redress of grievances. And then Article 6 of the Constitution, this Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made pursuant thereof, shall be, the, shall be the supreme law of the land, and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. Okay. Then there's the 14th Amendment. I'm not going to read this whole thing here, but well, maybe I, no, this is important. Maybe I'll read this 14th amendment to the constitution of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction, the equal protection of the laws. Section three, no person shall be a Senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military under the United States or under any state who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, but Congress may, by a veto of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. Pretty sure they broke that. And, of course, they broke the Fifth Amendment, the Ninth Amendment, and then, of course, Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution of Utah, no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, and property without process of uh, due process of law. They broke the Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution of Utah, uh, where it says all courts shall be open, which shall be administered without denial or unnecessary delay. And no person shall be barred from prosecuting or defending before any tribunal in this state by himself or counsel any civil cause to which he is a party. Now, here's the statement of the case. Here's the statement. It says this action is against 388 federal officers in the official capacities, which include President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., VP Kamala Harris, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and former Vice President Michael Richard Pence. 
which are part of the respondents. All the representatives, or excuse me, all the respondents have taken the required oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And as such, they are liable for consequences when they violate the oath of office. Respondents were properly warned and were requested to make an investigation into a highly covert, swift, and powerful enemy, as stated below, seeking to destroy the Constitution and the United States. Respondents purposely thwarted all efforts to investigate this, whereupon this enemy was not checked or investigated. Therefore, the respondents adhered to this enemy. Because of respondents' intentional refusal to investigate this enemy, Petitional Rollin J. Brunson, brought this action against respondents because he was seriously personally damaged and violated by this action of respondents. And consequently, this action unilaterally violated the rights of every citizen of the USA and perhaps the rights of every person living in all courts of law. On January 6, 2021, the 117th Congress held a proceeding and debate in Washington, D.C., this proceeding was for the purpose of counting votes under the 2020 presidential election for the president and vice president of the United States under Amendment 7. During this proceeding, over 100 members of U.S. Congress claimed factual evidence that the said election was rigged. This refusal of the respondents to investigate this congressional claim, the enemy, is an act of treason and fraud by respondents. A successfully rigged election has the same end result as an act of war to place into power whom the victor wants, which in this case is Biden, who, if not stopped immediately, will continue to destroy the fundamental freedoms of Brunson and all U.S. citizens, capital C, by the way, that's us, capital C, and courts of law. Due to the fact that this case represents a national security breach on the unprecedented level, like never before seen, seriously damaging and violating Brunson, and coincidentally affects every citizen of the United States of America or the USA in courts of law. Therefore, Brunson moves this court to grant this petition or in the alternative without continuing further order, the trial court to grant Brunson's complaint in its fullest. Brunson's complaint is the mechanism that can immediately remove respondents. Ooh, let me rewind for a second. Listen up. L listen up. Where do I want to respond or go back to Brunson? Here it is. Brunson moves this court to grant this petition or in the alternative without continuing further order, the trial court to grant Brunson's complaint in its fullest. Brunson's complaint is the mechanism that can immediately remove the respondents from office without leaving this country vulnerable without a president and a vice president. Well, first off, ladies and gentlemen, it is my humble opinion that I believe that they are already removed. I believe this case was already tried. It was already moved on. I believe the arrest had already taken place. The reason I say that is because I remember distinctly on January 20th or whatever day it was, 21st, when Inauguration Day happened in 2021, I remember seeing Nancy Pelosi being walked around on public TV. I remember watching the uh, replays. She had U.S. Marshals, because I saw their badges at their waist, U.S. Marshals telling these people like Pelosi where to go on TV. Okay, I remember this. This, I believe, has already happened a long time ago already. But again, I have nothing to base that on, but we're going to play some sound clips that is very kind of telling. 
So again, this is the mechanism to remove these respondents from office without leaving this country vulnerable without a president, vice president. Well, I wonder who's going to help run the country. Well, I don't know. Maybe something called the de jure republic, the people in assembly. I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just taking a guess here. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just somebody part of the MGJA. I don't, I don't know anything. Now, despite the grave importance of this case, the trial court granted respondents motion to dismiss by stating it is ordered and adjudged that plaintiff Rollin Bronson's action dismiss is dismissed without prejudice. Now, this order followed the trial's court's order to adopt its report and recommendation that Brunson did not get until close to the beginning of October 2022, thus prejudicing Brunson from timely filing any objections, and the order did not promptly address Brunson's opposition to the motion. Brunson's opposition clearly shows that Brunson has standing. Per Brunson's opening brief, and as outlined in Brunson's said opposition, both not properly addressed by the lower courts, Brunson has standing and the trial court has full proper jurisdiction to rule on the merits of this case based upon the following factors. Let me pause for a second here, ladies and gentlemen. When the national, when, when the Michigan General General Assembly first got started and they were conducting their meetings, they were paid a visit by some men that did not disclose who they were, but they sat at the back of the meeting and they were listening intently. And after the meeting was over, they ended up going to these men and women, whoever, I don't know, there might've might been a woman there. I don't know. They went up to these individuals, we'll just say, and confronted them and asked them who they were. Well, they were the U.S. Marshals. They said, we are just here to make sure that everything you are doing is lawful, that you have no intention on, um, what was the word, trespassing on uh, the corporate government or, you know, the de facto, that you have no intention on, you know, basically taking it down, like, you know, through unlawful means, in other words. And they said, no, we actually have no intention of doing that. We, we plan on doing everything lawful and doing everything constitutionally. Everything is going to be proper. And they said, well, we see nothing that seems to be out of place here. Everything seems to be legit. And uh, just, you know, um, we, we hope you have good luck. We hope you, we hope you succeed. That's what they, their ending comment was. We, we hope you succeed. This is coming from the U.S. Marshals. Now, <clears throat> one question they asked before they left, they said, well, quick question. Is there anything that we can do that would upset you guys? They said, yes, don't arrest the judges. Leave the judges alone. There's a reason for that, folks. There's a reason for that. Now, let's continue reading this. And yes, um, whoever asked that question, um, thank you for clarifying, Liz and Ella. Yes, they live in Utah. So this case is uh, taking place, I want to say it's in Salt Lake City, Utah. But yeah, it is taking place in Utah. What I also find interesting is, uh, eh, I don't know if I could say that part. I'm going to leave that out because that might be private for some certain someone. Um, yeah, we're going to leave that alone for a second. But um, 
Yeah. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. All right. Well, I'm just going to continue reading here right, real quick. And then we're going to get into some uh, sound clips here, which is, again, very interesting. So the case of the American Bush. Let's see. I'm not going to get into that. Let's see here. Well, yeah. No, I'll read this. The case of the American Bush v. City of South Salt Lake. 2006 Utah and a bunch of numbers and letters clearly states that the constitution of the United States, along with the state constitutions do not grant rights to the people. These instrument measures, these instruments measure the power of the rulers, but they do not measure the rights of the governed, meaning you and I. And, and see, that's another thing people always mistake. They keep saying, Oh, I know my constitutional rights. Well, first off, do you work for the government? Unless you work for the government, you don't have a constitutional right. Okay. Cause the constitution is for the it's for the people that are our public servants for our public um um they're for our public uh you know people that 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 are servants okay um what's the word um i can't even think now but they're not for we the people a constitution state constitution that's not for we the people that's for that's to keep keep our servants shackled and making sure they don't go above the 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 scope of their ability and usurp their powers okay now, continuing on, now they are not the fountain of law nor the origin of the people's rights, but they have been put in place to protect their rights. Now, therefore, the statutes and case law cited by the respondents claiming immunity from Brunson's claims in this instance are unconstitutional, and this court needs to rule in that manner. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Therefore, the purpose of the Constitution was written to protect our self-evident rights. The Constitution cannot be construed by any means, by any legislative, judicial, executive bodies, by any court of law to deny or disparage our rights. This is the supreme law of land and the Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made pursuance thereof, shall be the supreme law of the land and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby per Article 6 of the Constitution. Now, I'm going to scroll down a little bit here. It says, our courts have consistently held that fraud vitiates whatever it touches. And that was from a court case in 1870 of Morris v. House. Fraud vitiates whatever it touches. It is stern but just maxim of law that fraud vitiates everything in which it enters. So to impair, you know, what does the word vitiate mean? Because I had to look this up the other day in Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary. So this is what it means. It means to impair or make void, to destroy or annul, either completely or partially, the, f the force and effect of an act or instrument. Okay, now that's per West Encyclopedia of American Law. Okay, but if you have a Noel Webster's 1828 dictionary, you'll see a very similar definition. Okay, now due to the uniqueness of this case, the trial court does not have proper authority to remove the respondents from their offices under 18 title 18 us code subsection 2381 which states whoever owing allegiance to the united states levies war against them or adheres to their enemies giving them aid and comfort with the united states or elsewhere is guilty of treason and shall suffer death or shall be imprisoned not less than five years and fined under this title but not less than ten thousand dollars and shall be incapable of holding office any office under the united states end quote a court adjudicating that the respondents 
who have taken an oath of office to be incapable of holding their offices or who have adhered to a domestic enemy means nothing without such removal of office. Under the stated factors that Brunson has an unfettered right to sue the respondents under the serious nature of his claim, no legislation can measure Brunson's right to sue the respondents. Furthermore, Brunson's allegations against respondents adhering to a domestic enemy and committing acts of fraud are not protected by any kind of legislation of jurisdictional immunity. Essentially, acts of Congress cannot protect fraud nor protect the violation of the oath or that give aid and comfort to enemies of the United States Constitution or America as alleged in Brunson's complaint against the respondents. These are facts that cannot be overcome. Therefore, Brunson found no need to include in this petition a copy of the respondents' opposition to Brunson's opening brief or any other arguments. Nevertheless, Brunson's opening brief does touch upon respondents' immunity arguments and shows how respondents do not, nor can they, overcome Brunson's arguments as stated herein. That's a beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. They can't do a damn thing about this. So it is uncontestable. It is an uncontestable fact that the respondents committed fraud and treason, breaching our national security as factually alleged in Brunson's complaint. Thus adhering to a domestic enemy that continues to breach our national security at an alarming rate on a daily basis. This national security breach is having the same end result as an act of war to place into power whom the respondents want, which is Biden. Brunson moves this court with its powers to order the trial court of this case to immediately grant to Brunson the damages he seeks in his complaint. This is necessary to immediately secure our national security without any further delay. Turning now to the doctrine of equitable maxim created by this court, this doctrine stands in direct conflict of the doctrine of the object principle of justice. The doctrine of object principle of justice is couched by the supreme law of the land and sets in motion to provide our court system to be the most just, limited, highly effective, and easy to understand and infuses our court system to be the most highly respected and dearly admired court system greater than the world has ever seen. The doctrine of equitable maxim kills this and had the trial court been guided by the object principle of justice this appeal would not even be necessary. In addition, the doctrine of the object principle of justice stops this precarious nature of our courts. Their jobs would be much easier and less stress, and parties in court would have a strong sense of how the court is going to rule, thus promoting settlements to high degree, and as such, lawsuits and appeals would be greatly reduced, and this is an ab absolute fact. Jurisprudence requires this court to revoke the doctrine of equitable maxim that it created and to instill the doctrine of the object, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm not going to get into all this because a lot of this is going to pretty much go over, I think, a lot of people's heads. Then it goes into the reasons for granting this petition, okay? Um, it just goes into talking about how, um, just again, you know, the, the, the complaint alleges fraud and violations of both of office and uh, touches on acts of treason committed by the respondents and how this is a very serious offense. And uh, 
just it, it kind of goes into all of this and about how voting is our greatest power as an individual and that you know that it's a very important power that we can exercise in a republic so it gets into talking about this i'm trying to kind of give you the kind of speed read here um, again how an honest and fair election can only be supported by the legal votes this is sacred and it is the basis for our U.S. Republican form of government protected by the U.S. Constitution and the efforts made, as stated in the complaint, that avoided an investigation of how Biden won elections is an act of treason and an act of levying war against the U.S. Constitution, which violated Brunson's unfettered right to vote in an honest and fair election. And as such, it wrongfully invalidated his vote, as it did with a lot of people's votes. And so as a national security interest, Brunson moves this court to be swift by going beyond granting this petition that it should be that it should order the lower court to grant Brunson's complaint to avoid any further delay. And so the conclusion, this petition is set forth in the interest of justice in protecting Brunson's right to petition for the redress of grievances against the respondents and ensuring his right of due process against the encroachment of the doctrine of equitable maxim and charging the respondents who failed to investigate the allegations of a rigged election by having them removed from office without further delay. This was dated October 13th, 2022. Respectfully submitted by Roland J. Branson. Brunson. A lot of stuff there, folks. A lot of stuff. So, I want to play a couple things here. It was an interview that was done by one of the Brunson brothers. And I have some, you know, some pieces here I'm going to play. Let me just find them real quick. Excuse me. Uh, da, da, da. Here's the first one. This was only about like 30 seconds or so. Here's the first one. Listen to this. So, but yeah, we've heard a lot and we've seen that people have sent us links, links where either I'm speaking like I am now or people are doing stories about this. So that's, that's cool. And it's really growing. So that's, that's great because people need to understand what this is about. And so if it happens, uh, and I believe it will, they need to be prepared for a, a great, positive, smooth transition into a whole new uh, America. You hear that? We need to be prepared for a smooth new transition of America. Let's continue on, shall we? Now, a question got brought up about how um, is there such thing as a secret court docket? Listen to this. I know you can't answer the question because common sense tells me this. Even if this case has already supposedly possibly been heard and already ruled on, um, you wouldn't know that anyway. Like no. you, they would, they would not reach no. out to the Brunson brothers no. and say, "Hey, we already ruled on this. Um, we're just waiting to release it to the public." You have no knowledge of that. You can't really answer the question because because you have you have no resource for that. So we have no to, knowledge and we have no power over the case. It's Correct. in their hands. We can't do a thing about it. So I, I know that there was a leak of the Supreme Court this summer, but the likelihood of that being leaked out from the Supreme Court to where other people have knowledge that this has already been ruled on and, and all this stuff, I, I don't know if that's possible, not possible. No. Um, but where you guys stand, where the Brunson brothers who filed the case stand, you guys, to, to the best of your knowledge at this point, are waiting on the court, Correct. We're waiting on it, the, but they can. We know they have the power. 
I mean, it's possible that they could have completely executed, made decisions in oh. this, and that they're yeah. in process. But we don't. We have no knowledge of it. So, so there, there's the answer to the question, folks. Uh, is it is it possible that they move this up? They they move the. I mean, they they really pushed the Brinson brothers to move this up, and, and they did uh, file this under the date sent and not the date received. So some of those dates have been, if you want to call it technically, changed. Um, could it could it have already gone through the process? It's possible, but the Brunson brothers have no knowledge of that. Well, there's some signs though. There's some okay. signs, like you said, they characterized it as a national emergency. Yeah. They the solicitor general waived their right to stop it or to file an opposition to it, and then they show it for conference on January 6th. I think those are three elements. It's like those are three. I think hmm. I, I think that's the most they could possibly do, short of a press release. Really, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that it's it's almost like like hey, you know, be confident. Now now this is a unifying kind of a case where Democrats and Republicans can come together because think about it, um, there are Republicans that will be removed and there are de Democrats that would be removed. So it's not a partisan, not a political mm -hmm. thing. And then no. look at all the look at all the campaign opportunities for people that feel like they could be a better watchman a better representative uh, keep their oath better i mean the vacancies would just would create a tremendous amount of opportunity for there you people go. to get engaged and bring in some fresh blood so it could like be a that. very smooth trend let me let me pause this for a second did you notice how he said this would be all the vacancies would be an opportunity for a lot of people, a lot of fresh blood to come on in there and be involved. Ladies and gentlemen, I got news for you. That, I'm going to tell you right now, is going to have, it's going to be under the oversight, not just of the military, but quite frankly, those vacancies, it's going to fall underneath the de jure Republican form of government because, again, it's going to be transitioned or over. These people are unlawfully in office. Did you hear what he said? It's going to create opportunity for many to get involved. Do you understand why I said, I don't think we're going to have anything to worry about getting our 38 states. We'll easily get our 50. There's a reason for that. Let's continue to hear what he has to say. Transition. It really could opportunity. Be I, I like sure. the fact that you said opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask this question for a buddy of mine who's listening right now because him and I have chuckled about this many a times because I, I give you credit here, Loy. You you know way more about the Supreme Court, Constitution, all these uh, procedures than I do. I mean, hands down, <laughs> I, I'm just a youngster here. I'm a greenhorn when it comes to this stuff. So I, I know he'll get a chuckle out of this question when I ask, is there such a thing as a Supreme Court having a secret docket? Because... There's skeptics out there that tell us all the time it's impossible, that doesn't happen. I don't know whether it does or it doesn't. Again, I'm a greenhorn here. Do you know, is it possible for the Supreme Court to hold uh, private um, cases not open open to the public? It's what they would call a secret docket, well, stuff like that. That's a very simple answer. Of course they can and do. There are, courts, huh? there are lower level courts that hmm. have sealed cases because of of risk that it might present to the plaintiffs or the defendants and they can still documents. So this could absolutely, it's a national security type case. I, I okay. mean, I think that's kind of a no brainer. Of course they can, they can right. have it. It could be a sealed case. Absolutely. Merry, Merry Christmas, Jeff B. Merry Christmas, Jeff B.
Yeah, I find that very, very interesting. Again, back to those vacancies. Now, I think I'm just going to keep this very general. But what I was going to say earlier that I almost said earlier was this court case took place in Utah. Somebody that I know that is has been in the assembly for quite some time and has been involved on many aspects and many facets of the assembly had a very important phone call in Utah. Now, who those people are, I don't know. Could be Brunson, the Brunson brothers, maybe, I don't know. Could be maybe the Utah Assembly, I don't know. What I do know is we have people in the National Assembly that just recently had a conversation with people in Utah. I'm not going to speculate on what the content of that conversation was, but I find it very peculiar how this Supreme Court, this case, Bronson v. Adams, happens to be, you know, taking place in, in Utah. And we have people in the assembly that have been doing this for quite some time, having a very important conversation, phone meeting with people in Utah. Kind of makes you go, hmm. All right. Let's go. I have three more sound bites to this interview with one of these Brunson brothers here. Let's listen to, let me see here. Okay, I'm gonna play this one. This the I'm gonna I'm gonna play this next one and then the one after that. Oh, there's a reason why I read what I read underneath the Michigan timeline of 2018. That's going to kind of put the two and two dots together there. But let's listen to this. Now, this talks about uh, somebody asked a question, you know, what what happens? I mean, what happens if the if the justices don't rule in a in a positive motion? So let's hear his response to that confident. Are you in the justices doing something about your case? Very confident because it's doing something for themselves. Uh, the six six of the justices, they've all been threatened that the court's going to be packed. And the six justices uh, that are conservative, they haven't been protected like they should have been. They've been attacked. They've been threatened. Look, what what did Chuck Schumer say? We're going to we're going to we're going to come after you, Kevin. I didn't. It's like a threat. We're going to come after you, Gorsuch. We're going to we're going to get you. It's like, come on. And so, and they haven't, they haven't felt safe. They've had to not stay in their homes. People have protested. You can't protest on their porch. Of the judge's home. Yeah. yeah illegal. That's a, illegal. That's that's and the crime. DOJ, the DOJ did nothing. Right. And that's a crime. And so I think this, the term is right. The legal term is right for them to actually exercise a, and, and, and it's, it's not, it's, again, it's not political. It's just enforcing the Constitution and the oath of office. I don't think anyone has an argument to go against a 9-0 ruling. It's like, what are you talking about? You don't believe in investigations? Hey, who's been denying elections besides Republicans? The Democrats. So wouldn't investigations curb that? And, and so you can say, hey, you can't deny it. We had an investigation. And if they had conducted that 10-day investigation like uh, – like the hundred members of the U.S. House and Senate wanted to, we wouldn't have brought action in court. We wouldn't be in the Supreme Court right now. 
Ray Ray's been a longtime viewer. I see him on Facebook all the time. He's he's constantly sharing out our videos on Facebook. And thank you so much for that, Ray. Uh, he <laughs> says, "Longtime LWN fan, meld my thank you note to the Brunson brothers this morning again. Thank you and God bless America." All right. So as he was saying, the justices have a very clear. So again, back to the U.S. Marshals that came into, um that came in the meeting for the Michigan General General Assembly when they sat at the back of the room and they met him out in the parking lot and asked him who they were and what they were doing there because they didn't really make themselves clearly known. And they said, well, we are with the U.S. Marshals, you know, and we are the U.S. Marshals and we wanted to make sure that everything you're doing is lawful and everything is legit and in order. And it seems like everything is and we hope you are successful. And then remember that question that they asked, the, the people in the assembly, they asked, they said, is there anything that we can do that would actually upset you guys? And they said, yes, leave the judges alone. You see how much scrutiny the justices got. Like, what's his name? Uh, uh, whatever his name was standing there on the Supreme Court steps. We're going to come after you, Neil Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, whatever the hell his name is. They've been getting threatened like nobody's business. There's a reason why they are pretty much public enemy because they have a vested interest to, to, to follow the Constitution. They have to. Now, back to what I was reading on the Michigan Timeline 2018. Now, remember what I wrote or what I read. The federal level body has a purpose to orchestrate elections under the oversight of the military per the orders. Now, remember, during the 2022 midterm elections, we had 14 states that had um, National Guard. Uh, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, cyber security teams for, in 14 states. I don't know about you, but that definitely looks like a hint of military oversight for me to me um let's also not forget another purpose from that uh timeline i read off this establishes a federal superior government over the de facto which gives our military a civilian authority to provide direction any action the military takes against the de facto are covered by the orders of the de jure republication form of government and civilian authorities, a.k.a. the 21 requisitions. Ladies and gentlemen, I've talked about this. Again, this cannot be considered as a military coup. It will be considered a military upholding their oath to defend the Constitution and we the people from the all enemies, both foreign and domestic. So let's get into this beautiful sound piece where military teams are already put together who are well-versed and let's just say they know how to do broadcasting. So uh, this this is my question. Supreme Court rules in your guys' behalf. Um, what's that? Ne- what, what would be the next step? Well, they should do it because of it's, it's such a, a high-level you know, kind of a case, I, I picture that they would do it, you know, be, be, before Congress is in session again. So I, I would picture that they would, that the U.S. Marshals would be delivered from the court, a court order to be delivered to the um, the sergeant in arms. 
with a list of uh, names where their credentials would be canceled. So all the 385 city members of Congress in the 2022 before 2023 and their names would be canceled. And then I also think that it's possible that they could have special special teams, government teams that are trained in broadcasting where they could actually go to the major broadcasting houses and supervise or actually temporarily take over the broadcasting of the news so that we hear the truth and we see the truth and we don't hmm? see a bunch of baloney. Could, that could, could you could, could you repeat that real quick one more time? <laughs> because we've been, we've been talking about something very similar to that as well. Did you hear what he said? He's going to repeat it. Listen up. Well, could you? Oh, really? They, okay, yeah, they might they're, have teams that do what again? Well, there, there's, there, there are teams of there are military teams that no, no broadcasting. So I, I would see, the Federal Communication Commission has three directors. They're presidentially appointed. They take an oath. They really shouldn't be allowing anything that defames or libels the Constitution of the United States to be broadcast or promoted or published. And so they need to be teams need to go in there and and set them aside. And we need new. Temper, just like we need a new temporary president that might be the, the you know, the majority of the House leader. Uh, teams could go into the broadcast houses and actually, you know, you might be watching the news and there might be an extra set of commercials that go on for like instead of 55 minutes, might go on 20 minutes. And then it comes back and you see new faces. And they would explain what had happened, that uh, we've had a transition, we've had things happen. So the news is going to be broadcast in real time so you can verify it with your own eyes. It's not going to be a bunch of political opinions that are trying to convince us to believe things that aren't true. And uh, and uh, so that that could settle the problems with riots. It wouldn't be an instigation of riots. And then also there could be teams of National Guard that could be in different places. And if they felt like uh, there was something that was going to happen. They would be there to prevent, you know, uh, violence from happening. So, I, and then, and then the focus, I think, would shift quite rapidly. Like I said before, to new campaigns because every single person that's in office, they've had many people run against them, wanting them not to to not win. And so, but now the campaigns would probably only consist of people that are not afraid of a binding oath. We have many people that are willing to lay down their lives for this country, and they're in the military. And they come home and they want to get involved in politics, but they don't want to get involved in ways where their vote or their voice doesn't matter because of the corruption. So now with the immunity being stripped and the oath of office being enforced as a, as a binding oath, it creates a whole new environment for the, for politics where it's now something where honorable people can enter and not feel like they're going to be subject to corruption or subject to you know, bad players with bad motivations. So uh, I, I just am very optimistic. I think it could be a very smooth transition, and then everything would start looking better, like gas prices going down. We'd become oil independent again and fuel independent, and factories are opened up, and production's opened up, and goods and services. You, you know what, Loy? You know what, Loy? I, I have to give somebody credit for this. I have to give, I have to give God all the praise, the honor, and the glory uh, personally in my life and, and, and for LWN and for all the, the listeners tonight and, and all my great friends out there that are helping in chat and being in chat and, and to you, uh, I, you know, you have this aura about you. Um, I, I'm, I'm probably. Okay. Now we're going to get to the last piece, which kind of, he starts getting into what he was going to say, but did you hear what he said? What Mr. Bronson said? There are military teams 
that are well-versed and they are capable of running broadcasting. That's very, very important. Again, this is about the military upholding their oath and following the directives and orders by we the people in the National Assembly. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, I, I've combed through this information all day long today, listening and reading and listening because I have a little app reader, like I have an app that reads documents. I, I, I must have read, I, excuse me, I must have listened to this docket, this court docket of Brunson v. Adams twice, and then I read it a third time, actually read it, and then read it again here on the air. I'm telling you, folks, I've been making, I've been connecting a whole ton of dots. And this all makes very sense. Again, you, you keep hearing him. Remember what he said. <laughs> We're going to have a smooth transition. We're going to have a smooth transition. Last sound clip of... Uh, this interview, this, now this is interesting. <laughs> Listen up. Randy Franklin off of Facebook. So is that where the 120 days for the new elections come in? Any, any thoughts on that? Lloyd? Well, I'm not, you know, I don't know how the governors would, I, you know, that's out of my, you know, I'm, that's above my pay grade, you know, how the states handle it. New elections are handled. It'd be kind of status quo for it. Hold on. I'll, let me, let me pause that for a second. Now, how the states handle it. I'm going to tell you. The states, are, it's going to be by we, the people in assembly, because the people in our state and local, you know, governments, most of those people are fraudulently put in as well. Let's continue listening. If any member of Congress had to be replaced, you know, there's systems set in place where that's not, that's not really very problematic. But you talk about my smile, the Supreme Court is smiling. And the smile that you can identify is you go to SupremeCourt.gov and you look at the docket and you see April 6th conference date. That's a smile. Isn't that, isn't that April 6th date a smile? Uh, you, you're, you're making me smile um, <laughs> j just being on camera with you because um, there, there's a lot of times where I'm hearing it in my ear piece here. And sometimes <laughs> it's hard to believe what I'm hearing here because it, it – I, I'm going to give another friend another gift. I'm going to say it's almost like you seem like you know. <laughs> well, didn't we hear that we're going to have a very, probably a very Merry Christmas coming up? <laughs> Look, there have been so many, so many. Okay. You talk about, you, you, you know, you guys are believing the Lord, right? In prayer. Amen, brother. Amen. Okay. Didn't Jesus kind of reprimand in a friendly, kind way his followers or the people that were the disciples were listening to him? He says, "Look, you can you can see the signs of the weather. You look at the skies and see the color of the skies, and you can see if storms are brewing or whatnot. You can see the signs of the of the weather and the skies. But why can't you see the signs of the times?" And so I say, I say to my brothers, it's like. Let's just look at the signs of, of what's happening to this point and what's ha everything that has come together. It's such a, like a puzzle, like an incredible, magnificent puzzle where these pieces are coming together. It's like, it's almost like I feel stupid if we don't connect the dots in the correct way, but it's so easy to just get, well, this seems so impossible. It's so 
so you know so extreme that that we we don't believe the obvious. So I think there's so many uh, so many positive things that have happened that should lead us to believe that the Supreme Court justices they're not fools, and and at least six of them I think really take their oath seriously. And look what they did with there's another sign. Look what they did with Roe versus Wade. They mm -hmm. they put themselves at risk. Didn't those? Boy, that's interesting. He said you you are smiling and you have an aura about you that almost seems as if you already know. <laughs> that is sweet. As if he already knew. Folks, to recap the importance of this case, again, we're talking about a man representing himself. He is not using a bar card member, you know, bar card holding member, attorney or lawyer. He is representing himself. He's made great traction. Again, this is just my opinion. This is my thought. It's not fact. I do not have any way to verify this. Let me be clear. I think this was already ruled on. I think this has already been something that's old news. It's just now catching up to us in the public. And they're just, you know, waiting for the right time for all this stuff to be released. Because again, I keep going back to when I watch this fake inauguration of uh, fake Biden and Kamala and seeing handcuffs on select individuals and being walked like Nancy Pelosi with people with badges at their side and hearing subtle voices in the camera saying, turn here or go there. I'm telling you, this has already been, and again, this is just my humble estimation. This is my own guess based on observances and looking and watching and paying attention I think a lot of this case has already been handled. It's just now reaching the public purview, which is why I think the guy who is interviewing with LWN, which by, by the way, sounds like a great show. I might have to subscribe to that. Also go on YouTube, check out and uh, rumble, uh, check out Kirk's law corner. That man uh, knows military law and he actually met with Destry and Paul, um, out in Idaho some months back in his driveway and they talked. So check out Kirk's law corner, another very bright man. In fact, if you go to the forums, there is a show on there that is posted. You should check it out. Kirk's law corner. But remember, the importance of this case, it's not just a man representing himself, not using an attorney and gaining awesome traction, seemingly in the present time, again, seemingly. But this calls for the removal of 388 public functionaries in Congress and Senate. And then Jane and John Doe's one through 100, and how, whoever and how many that may be. There's going to be a lot of vacancies, folks. And I just kind of wonder who's going to be taking and having the opportunity to run for these vacancies. Because I could promise you it's not going to be another de facto 
paid to play um, foreign infiltrator from Great Britain or the Vatican. I could tell you that much right now. It's not going to cost you a million dollars to run for that office. And I'm telling you right now, remember, Donna Brandenburg did not concede. I see her being in one of these public uh, functionary positions. Folks, there's a lot going on. If you are still telling me and sending me messages, I think you're full of shit. I don't think anything's going on. I've heard this for far too long. Oh, it's happening. Oh, it's happening. Oh, this is going to be taking place and blah, 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 blah. And then nothing really happens. If you don't see with your own eyes what's actually happened, you and I, I guess, have nothing more to talk about. I would suggest going in front of the TV in your living room, turn on CNN, go grab yourself a TV dinner, and a soda pop, sit down, poison yourself with that processed junk, and continue to fill your mind with BS propaganda. That's all I'm going to tell you. Just go go, continue doing that, or go binge watch Netflix. I'm telling you right now, folks, there's, there's a lot that's going to, I think, take place between now and April 6th, as he says. But what was he also just saying? Weren't we told we were going to have a very Merry Christmas? What are we going to find out between now and Christmas? Hmm. What are we going to find out by Christmas? You know what I also find interesting? Now, this might be completely unrelated. Completely unrelated. So we're going to pause for a second from the case for a minute. This is completely unrelated. But I remember when Trump took office in 2017, I remember that my place of employment, which I'm not going to mention, I try to keep work life and personal life and podcast life and assembly life all completely separate. I try anyway. At least I definitely try to keep work life separate. I don't want the name of the company out there because I don't want, I just don't want any reason to get fired or anything, right? It's a shame that we have to live that kind of way. But anyway, when Trump took office in 2017, I'll never forget that year. We had not one, but two stellar raises occur that year. Now we typically get an annual bonus every April, but we also had another significant bonus. I was like, whoa, I'm like, it's like Christmas, like three, four times this year. This is great. Well, we, meaning me and my coworkers of gas haulers, we get a message through our group me chat that our supervisor communicates to all his drivers through. Says, check your email in the morning or, you know, when you get to your truck and you do shift change. I checked my email this morning. My, oh my. Our company is giving us a very significant bonus. I'm not going to say the dollar amount, but it's definitely in the thousands. And this is separate from our typical annual bonus that we get for production and, and profitability and so on and so forth that comes every April. And it's just that, eh, just because you guys are awesome. Now, the last time that happened, we had a year of prosperity when Trump became president in 2017. Now, I'm not saying this is a Trump thing, okay? What I'm saying is when Trump took office in 2017, that was kind of the, I don't want to say the beginning of the end for these elitists, but that was kind of 
you could just tell, you could feel it in the air. Something big was taking place, right? Something beautiful. It was a prosperous time. Because we just dealt with hell of eight years of Obama. So yeah, we're getting this awesome bonus come January 20th, which I find interesting, of a date. A very, very healthy bonus. Yesterday, silver popped up a little over 7% in value, and it's going to keep going up, folks. As the dollar keeps crashing and diminishing, we're going to see, and maybe that's why they're giving us a huge bonus. They're probably like, ah, the fiat dollar is dead, and uh, we're just going to we're, we're gonna end up losing all our money anyway, so might as well look like awesome heroes to our employees. Watch that be the case. <laughs> I never thought about that. But, but all kidding aside, I was like, wow, I'm like, this is crazy. Silver's going up. And I think it's going to keep going up. Again, why? The elites, they've lost it. It's done. The dollar's crashing. We need to get away from this beast system. This Federal Reserve note is worthless. We need to get back to good sound money, silver and gold, right? And and Suski, by the way, I, I see you in the chat. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Glad to have you here. I'm a I'm a Bards Nation listener myself. I absolutely love, I'll be honest, and I've said it openly here. I'm about 85% on board, 90% of what Mr. Scott says. 10%. I disagree with some things, but I think that might be an optic personally too. I think the man knows more than he leads on, especially with the amount of, you know, uh, activity and, and people that he knows in special forces. I think he knows more than he leads on in the show, but I'm a B dad listener too. I, I think he's got a great show over there. Him and Duncan both do a great job. So welcome. Glad to have you over here. Thank you. Um, but, uh, the thing is, is there is something beautiful coming on the horizon here. And this case that I just read off and what's happening within the assembly of people and what's happening with just in general, you just, you pay attention to what's going on. It's very easy to see. And that's all I'm going to say. It's just, it's so evident. And I don't know if I did a very good enough job at connecting the dots here for you guys today because I feel like I was going about a million miles a minute. I'm seeing a lot of high moms on here. What did I miss? Let me scroll up here. Oh, hey, no love from mom. Oh, you always get love. Stop that. I'm trying to get attention on here. Hi, mom. <laughs> I'm like, I looked over at the screen and I keep seeing Jason say hi to mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. I'm like, what's going on over here? <laughs> oh, my God. Jeez. Uh, and yeah, like Liz Anello was saying, don't forget to write your letters to the Supreme Court regarding the Brunson case. Okay. But th th there's a lot of stuff taking place here. And again, people that I know within the assembly here. Um, that have put in a lot of work and a lot of time. And first off, I want to also say thank you to these individuals. One of them sitting right here today, Destry Payne. Um, 
you know, not he was ne- he never served in the military, but he's serving on a very high capacity within the assembly. I got to say thank you to him for his service and what he's doing, along with many, many others that have been putting in some solid work. Um, we're still dealing with some obfuscators, if you will, within the assembly. We do have some people we need to um, take out the trash, if you will. Or as Mr. Robert Gilman would say, I'm going to let my foot fly with some of these people. Um, there has been some men and women in this assembly that have put in a lot of work. And, and I'll tell you what, between Destry and Paul and Joe, those men, I'm sure their phones, they never stop. And that's why I usually, I, I actually feel bad when I text and call because, and he's always picking up. I got to say, Destry always picks up the phone unless he's extremely busy or he's in a really loud environment. Cause like I said, he's a, he, um, he works in a shop. He, he does, you know, fabrication. So a lot of heavy and loud equipment that's operating in the shop that he works at up there in Alaska. But you know what? That man always ends up picking up and I feel bad too. Cause I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm, I'm bothering you. And he's like, Oh, you know, guy, cause I know he's busy. I know he gets probably 80 calls a day, 80 calls and a hundred emails and texts. But yet somehow that guy still answers the phone for me. I don't know why I'm a pain in the ass. I don't know why. But anyway, like I said, I'm not sure if I was very articulate with, uh, articulated with my presentment here, but everything that I looked at and researched and listened to and read, I'm telling you it's, it's, uh, for me personally, I don't know about you, and I'm not trying to convince you. I want you guys to read through this docket. I want you guys to read through the Michigan 2018 timeline. I want you to read the open letters that were sent to the JAG and the Provost Marshals. You can find all this information at michigandejure.org or alaskadejure.org or national-assembly.net. You could find all this information at those websites, okay? Read through this stuff. And then go back and listen to either this podcast or go to the supremecourt.gov site or whatever that is and find the court docket number 22-380. Again, it's 22-380. Brunson, B-R-U-N-S-O-N. He's the petitioner. V. Adams and others. Those are the respondents. Again, and the whole purpose of this case is to remove 388 public functionaries because they violated their oath of office by allowing the theft of an election and basically being complicit with an enemy, either foreign or and or domestic. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen uh, on April 6th. I guess we shall see. We shall see. I tell you what, you can always count on Destry. He always, he always has very solid and humble statements. He says, just doing what needs to be done because I can. That's all. I'm going to tell you right now, these people, they're going to be in the history books. I really believe they're going to be in the history books. Robert Gilman, he's going to be another one. God rest his soul. Very good men and women that put their lives on the line. For this nation, there is uh, plenty to celebrate. But again, I would still suggest, like others have said, like Scott on Bards FM has said, like um, other voices have said, you have to 
hold on a second, ladies and gentlemen. Daughter's going to practice. Well, I'm going to pause it just for a second. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, my daughter was going to um, her final Christmas pageant uh, recital today. She had to be there a little early today and um, she's doing a pizza party and then they're going to do their final recital. And then her show is actually on Friday. So that's going to be cool. So I get to go see that. I made sure I had off of work for that. So anyway, sorry for the little for the little disruption, but I knew you guys wouldn't mind. Um, She just wanted to give me a kiss and a hug, you know. Um, so anyway, but back to what I was saying at the end of the day, we have a lot to celebrate, but, um, like I was saying to conclude my thought, like Scott and many others have said, and again, Scott Kesterson, not Scott McKay, not that freaking Patriot knucklehead, um, prepare with food, get, you know, store up your food at least 14 days to 30 days. Okay. Um, extra water. All right. I'm not saying you got to (laughs) freaking buy enough stuff to, you know, batten down the hatches for six months to a year. I mean, if you have it, awesome, but at least get enough for 14 to 30 days. Okay. Um, I have a lot of, you know, food that we stored up, but it's coming up to expiring. So I'm trying to like eat up all this stuff and then like replenish it. Because you want to make sure if something happens and the off chance that you can't get to a store for at least eight, nine, 10, 12 days. You want to make sure you have enough provisions to get through a very short period, okay? But there is much, I believe, to celebrate. I really believe there's much to celebrate. But again, we shall see. Don't take my word for it, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I don't ever want to be accused of being the hopium hopium, uh, dealer here. I try to look at facts and connect the dots. And like I said, I pay attention to what people say, people that I trust. And I look at what's happening. And then with, you know, I reference with some of the things that are happening with the assembly and different things that we've put out with public letters and so on and so forth. And with everything that I've kind of connected, let's just put it this way. Mommy and daddy are going out to eat tomorrow and we are celebrating. That's how excited I am and confident in knowing what's going to be taking place here in the very near future. I'll just say that. So, Um, With all of that, I say, let's have a prayer, shall we? I think that, I think that's good. Let's do a prayer. I can't believe it. We're already an hour and 46 minutes in. Woo, wee mama. All right. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you so, so very much for the information that has been revealed to us. Thank you for what's taking place with different people across the nation There is clearly something bigger at hand going on. Something that we don't, we may not see all the details of. But thank you, because we know you have your hand in everything. You have your hand in in good key individuals who are podcasting. You have your hand in key individuals within the military, within the assembly, within the public, uh, just everywhere. You have your hand everywhere, and we see the perfect plan come together. And so with that, I ask that you, you, uh, we pray that the Holy Spirit works wonderfully through all these people. And anybody who is trying to subvert 
our efforts to restore this republic of this great country we call the United States of America, or these United States of America, we just pray that we can successfully and swiftly restore each nation state, all 50 of them. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all the great people here. Thank you for this community who always comes here to listen. And I just pray this continuously grows so we can keep educating more and more people, helping them get in the word of God into their ears and hopefully help them figure how to, you know, invite your son Jesus Christ into their heart and to live a life that's centered around God. Father, just keep guiding us. Keep showing us which way you need us to go and help us lead others. And we pray all of this in your wonderful, wonderful Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all we have for today. I must get in a shower. I'm still in my work clothes. I smell like gas because I pass gas all day, by the way. You know that, guys, right? That's what I do for a living. I pass gas. And, and I pass a little LSD. Not the drug, ladies and gentlemen, not the drug. Low sulfur diesel. Come on, it's LSD. Low sulfur diesel. But I pass a lot of gas. And I haul a lot of booze, too. Not liquor, alcohol, you know, ethanol. So I haul booze, I pass gas, and, you know, I, I pass a little LSD. I know. Thank you, thank you. I'm funny. Wait, wait, wait. Do we have any sound effects? Wait. Yeah, wait. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You guys are too kind. Oh, you guys are great. Thank you for laughing at my stupid jokes. All right, folks. I hope you all have a blessed day, blessed night, wherever you're at in the world. And please share the show, okay? It's really important. Please share the show. It's His Hard Line. You can find it on the website, hishardline.com. If you're interested in joining or starting a state and county assembly, find out more information at national assembly.net that's national assembly.net and if you want to look up that court docket brunson v adams again it is docket number 22-380 brunson v adams god bless ladies and gentlemen and we'll be back here um friday not tomorrow because tomorrow's podcast free thursdays we'll be back here on friday god bless ladies and gentlemen <laughs> it's always a pleasure being here with you all all right bye-bye no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. <laughs> oh man, it's going to suck to be you deep staters when this is all said and done. You guys really have no idea what's coming for you. <laughs> Watch out, the American people are coming for you. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Live. Remember, you can tune in every single evening. 
except on Thursdays. I hope you all have a blessed day. And remember, like a states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you for joining us at His Heart Line.